This is your professionals and animal lovers show. All right, I got to give a quick shout out to my African buffaloes, the African elephant, African forest elephant, African lions, African penguins. We started with A today because I usually run out of species to call out advarks, the the adax, the Adelaide penguin, anteaters. And that's Val, it's they're not it's alphabetical, I think, right here. <laughs> I'm gonna skip ahead to the Alpine Ibex. Shout out to the Amazon River Dolphin, because I I've never seen one of those. This is pals. I'm being extra silly in the attic. I'm Tommy D, your friend, the yeah. nonprofit sector connector, my buddy, my comrade, my mentor in all things animal advocacy, <laughs> my pal. Val, what's up, Valerie Heffron? What's up? Is that like a cheetah shirt? Is that, what, what's going on there, kid? Meow. Yeah, it's that, <laughs> I don't know, leopard. I'm not sure, but um, what is up is a huge victory, right? Um, so the Senate version of the anti-puppy mill bill passed yesterday. Now we just need to get it through the New York Assembly. And onto the assembly floor for a vote because we believe we have more than enough uh, support to pass the anti-puppy mill and kitten mill and rabbit mill bill. That's awesome. So um, this is a really big deal. This is a historic moment. New York could become the sixth state, I believe, to pass this. Um, Putting an end to the cruel puppy mill to New York store um, pipeline. And so we need everyone to call the New York Assembly members who have not sponsored the bill. We did a call night two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Tommy, and it worked. Okay, we all we targeted. It was very strategic. We targeted four uh, assembly members in the codes committee. Newsflash. It is now out of codes. It is in the rules committee. Now, this is where it died last year. This bill. And if we can get it out of the rules committee, okay, we can get it to the assembly floor. And thank you to everyone who has been calling because guess what? We did turn somebody, or I should say we got someone to sponsor. One of the members that we called, Vivian Cook, is now a sponsor of the bill. Shout so out, that is a huge... There we go. I didn't, know if, I didn't know if you had your pom-poms. I did not know if you had your pom-poms. And I want to... <laughs> I, I wanted two things. I wanted to see the pom-poms. And the second thing is, this is actually a quote I used on my show, my other show that we do here on the Network Philanthropy and Focus last Friday morning. Never doubt a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Your vote matters. Your phone call matters. Yes. Your efforts matter. Your activity matters. Thank you, Margaret Mead, for that inspirational quote. Yes, that's who that's it was, real. Right. That's real. You got to do it. It's about action, baby. We're this close. We are this close. And I just want to say one last thing because it's really vital. So if you want to participate, okay, with us, um, we're going to have another call night this coming Monday, May 16th at 7 p.m. All you have to do is let us know. Uh, you can send an email to voters four, that's the number four, voiceless at gmail.com. And we'll send you the Zoom link. And it's pretty cool because you get to see every, we'll give you the script, we'll give you the phone numbers, we'll give you the names. All you have to do is show up with your phone. And it's a big Zoom meeting. You can see everybody else who's participating. And, you know, it, it is it is so, so important. This This session ends June 1st or 2nd. We will know within the next couple of weeks if we're going to get this bill through. That really brings out the three things we do on this show. We're here to learn, we're here to educate, and we're here to advocate. And that's it. That is really, you know, in through all those three things, we're creating this community of folks. I don't know if we're creating the community. The community's there. We're like a catalyst for this community. And we're being in the middle and bringing it all together. So we, we believe that people who care about animals are passionate about animals and care about the welfare are are the kind of people that want to support each other in other aspects of their life. Like if you're an attorney who does work with animals, well, we want to work with you instead of another attorney who might kick a puppy as he was walking down the street. I don't, that's a terrible thing that might, I'm sorry. I'm trying look a little comic relief, Val. I have to laugh a little bit. It can't all be serious, Valerie. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So in, in our conversation about animal advocacy, I'm going to do a little more wordplay for you today. Today we got pals. We got paws. And we got the dog chick. This is like, this should be a radio show like every week. How 
pause and the dog check. Charlie Sorrentino is here. Melissa is here on behalf of PAWS, P-A-W-S, which is Pioneers for Animal Welfare Society. Charlie's here. We're just jazzed to have you both here. I know you collaborate together. You work together. You do some really great stuff around animal behavior. Um, I'm going to say this because I can't help myself. I might need you to come out here. I got four kids. We don't have any pets, but behavioral issues sometimes are a challenge. So we need, yes. I need to, I'm very I similar. Know, yeah, right. I don't know if I need the dog chick or I need the kid chick to come out here. And by the way, everybody who's listening. I do both. That, that's her nickname, by the way. That is her business name. I'm not just calling her a chick randomly. Right, Charlie? That's okay. Call right. me a chick. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to my attic. Welcome. Welcome to pals. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thank you so much for having us on. We have lots to say. Well, let's do yeah. it. Let's, let's say some words. Let's start saying words. Jumping in. I just okay, so no, I'm super excited for this show. Okay, Charlie, what's up? Talk to us. <laughs> oh, okay, talk to you. Okay, I am a certified behavior specialist, certified trainer, years in the business, probably older than a lot of people who are even listening here. And my whole thing is to promote education, to let people know that there is a much better way to work with dogs, a kind, humane, loving way, and they learn beautifully. Uh, also to discuss a little bit about how does the average dog person um, choose between a trainer or a behaviorist? Uh, what method of training do they want to use? So of course, I have my way, which I believe is the right way. And uh, so those are kind of some of the things that, that I would like to address today. Okay. So. I love that so much. And um, I, I just would like to share a quick personal experience um, and how important it is really to choose the right trainer. But so when Jovi, that's the name of my dog, was a puppy, right? Um, we decided, yeah, we should get him some training. So this is mortifying. This is a mortifying experience. As it turns out, this guy who I, I met when I was like 18 or 19 years old, and we dated for two or three months, whatever, um, I, we found each other, reconnected on Facebook and all of that. And he had a, a training company and, um, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'd love to, you know, help you out. And he came to our house once we were there the whole time. Um, but fast forward, he only came to the house once we decided not to hire him. It was just a vibe thing. He was on the news. You guys probably remember this. He was on the news. This is like 10 years ago for someone filmed him like shoving a broomstick through a cage where a dog was because he did boarding also. And there was this whole like animal cruelty thing that was exposed. I believe he had to go to jail and court. And I was like, Ooh, like your heart just drops. You know, I mean, how well did I know this guy? Not that well. We made out a few times. We went on a few dates. You know what I mean? And like, I was like, oh, you're a dog wow. trainer. Whoa, whoa, what happened yeah. here? This is, a, this is about animal advocacy. What, what just I'm happened? just saying, it was very, like, I didn't really know him. You know what I mean? Like, like, and here he is coming into our home with, and, and, you know, with my most valuable, precious thing in my life. And, you know, I'm just, what can I say? It's, it's really important to know who your trainer is and, and, you know, it's a huge element of trust. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to jump in on that as well. Yeah, yeah, because so I run PAWS um, and I work with Trolley for many, many years uh, now. And I, I cannot tell you how many times when we come in and we, we take a, a dog either from the shelter, usually from a shelter. Um, but when that dog has been through a horrific training experience and people think, oh, I have a dog trainer. No, uh, there are really, really bad trainers out there and they can destroy, absolutely destroy a dog. And, and people then will think, oh, this dog is aggressive. No, the dog's not aggressive. I mean, I'm going to say most every dog can be rehabbed. Um, some dogs truly, as Charlie can tell you, will have a, a brain issue, a neurological issue. When that's not a behavioral issue, that's a medical issue. Mm -hmm. um, most behavior can be worked through, but you... You do less homework when you bring someone into your home, or then you'll send that dog away to a board and train 
Um, and it's insane what these people can do to your animals. So it's so dangerous. And your story right there, Valerie, is so true. We see that all the time. When we talk to people and Charlie and I will get in the phone, we're like, oh, so you sent them to a boarding train. What did they do? Did they email the dog? Do you know how they treated the dog? Do you know what they did to the dog? They have no idea. Um, at the end of the day, it's really, really dangerous. I, I got to interrupt really quick because I have a rule on the show. If somebody is around and they got to introduce themselves and I swear, unless I just, there's voices in my head, but I don't think there's birds chirping in my head. Does somebody have a bird over there? <laughs> One of you guys. Uh, well, I'm sitting outside and oh, outside. I have ever out oh. here. And I, I purposely wore my headphones because they're supposed to be noise canceling. Yeah. So then it so probably is canceling, and I'm just that's hearing. That's where it I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. Oh, I hear it. Too, oh, good. It's, it's oh, thank you, Val. Oh my goodness. Oh God, so, I thought it was just my birds in my head. All right, guys. What's it about here? The animal show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So Valerie, yeah. Just to speak on what you were saying about this trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just call them abusers. I don't call them trainers. Yeah. Uh, this guy is out there working again. He switched his company name and he is still out there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it is totally unfortunate. The problem is we are in, this is an unregulated business. There's no so licensing, anybody Charlie, can Charlie, make there's, a, Charlie, there's no licensing. No, no, no licensing. No. Nothing Anyone required. Nothing required. Right. Anybody so can say, are, and they do there it. There are certifications, and, and this is something yes. you're definitely going to get into, but the point is that you don't have to have them, and nope. there's different ways. I was blown away because I heard recently about this uh, certifi- certifying company, whatever, it's like $399, but everything's online. Everything's taught online, which to me, right. I, I don't know how you can put a lot of weight you know, dog training dogs are human breathing. I mean, human, I just said human, they're breathing, living, sentient, intelligent (laughs) beings, right? I said human. (laughs) Anyway, and, and look, you know, it requires hands on, this is a hands on thing, you know, like, no, I, I don't yes. understand how that even exists. I think the other but marketing, they'll say, Oh, I'm a certified dog training and people go, Oh, that's great. Right. But training is not behavior, exactly. and that's the distinction. Charlie is a behaviorist. Anyone can right. a dog to, to lay down, to have a treat. A behaviorist can look at a dog right. and understand the body language, what's going on with them, how they posture themselves. That is a whole different realm. And um, so when, when my group adopts that a dog, or we work with dogs, we do surrenders, we'll always ask Charlie to come in or another colleague who A, we know their methods, but B, a behaviorist, because it's not teaching a dog how to act. It's reading a dog's body language because they're living, breathing souls. Mm-hmm. And you can't take every animal and put them in the same yeah. Let, let's take a break. Let's do this, Melissa, because I want to hear about the behaviorist distinction because I, I think it's critical. I wrote it in my notes as a question. Mm-hmm. I want to add. But we're going to take a break in a second here. But before we do it, <laughs> one thing I want to say, you know, and as in listening to you all, I almost want to take out the fact that what these people are professionally, but there should be some sort of background screening. There should be some kind of psychological, like I'm not even being silly about this. Like if I'm going to take, I wouldn't leave my children in the hands of somebody I didn't know. Why would I leave my fur baby, right? If I had one in the hand. So I think it's got to be that as much as there could be the book knowledge. I need to know where the mental health of this person is to whatever extent there's the capacity to do that. I don't know if we have a solution for that, but that's one of the things we're trying to do on the show is find solutions for these things. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about that further around that behaviorist thing. Mm -hmm. Mm It's critical distinction. I want to hear more about it. This is professionals and animal lovers show. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is Pals, Professionals and Animal Lover Show. Every week we go live 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and then you'll find us everywhere you find your podcast, or you find us on Facebook, Talking Alternative Broadcasting, or here on talkradio.nyc. Uh, look, I just shared the information for Pause LI. So it's pause-li.org. I sent that out there on Facebook. That's uh, that's Melissa's organization, Pioneers for Animal Welfare Society. And I also put the, jo- the dogchick.com on Facebook. So check that out. That's where you can find the stuff that Charlie is working on. And Val, do me a favor, call out the email address one more time for Voters for Voices. I want to get it on Facebook for people who want to be involved with the call night we're doing upcoming. Sure, it's voters, plural. So V-O-T-E-R-S, the number four, voice less at gmail all right i'll share that out there for you all on facebook as well val get us back into this conversation we're talking about behaviorism the difference let's just yeah so this is an important distinction it's actually a massively important distinction and again uh, the average person who who got a puppy or just adopted an animal is not maybe aware that this is a really important uh distinction between a dog trainer and a behaviorist. So let's just talk about that. What is the difference? Oh, we're on. Okay. Well, (laughs) trainers teach. What happened? Go ahead, Charlie. We're good. Take it away. Are we, are we good? Okay. So a trainer and uh, trainers are wonderful. I'm a certified trainer. Um, So trainers teach new behaviors. Um, Behaviors deal with uh, existing most of the time unwanted behaviors. Trainers, generally speaking, should not step into behavior situations unless they're minor, like a dog is digging or jumping, but they really need to stay away from the more important things. Um, Dogs who resource guard, dogs who are fear reactive, dog-to-dog aggressive, uh, dog-to-human aggression, biting dogs, only because they... they don't have the knowledge, then what generally winds up happening is they'll tell the client that there's nothing that can be done with the dog. Sometimes that results in giving the dog away, um, sending it to a shelter, or having them euthanized. So there really has to be a very clear distinction. So that's the first thing I ask people, what, what's going on? Um, well, my dog needs training. Okay, what is the dog? doing well he's bitten people well okay now he doesn't need training per se he needs behavior modification and then we get into why is the dog biting what experiences did he have with a trainer was there negative reinforcement was there choke prong or shock collars involved so there's so much to a um a phone intake conversation because I need to determine how can I help these people. Yeah. Um, and, no, so I, I, I want to certif- 
Oh, sorry. I just want to emphasize that, you know, one of the most fascinating and probably most prominent um, events, right, in the world of animal advocacy and was the Michael Vick dogs, the, which, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> there were 48 dogs that were pulled uh, from that hellhole. There's no other way to put it. Um, and yeah. one of them had to be immediately euthanized. So now it's 47. They, they're called the victory dogs, right? Out of those 47, only one dog over time was not adoptable, was never placed into a home, and they were able to let it live its right. life in a sanctuary. So, oh, Val, so Val, let's yeah. let's just kind of again, that's a that's an important story, but it also is it's a historical story, but it's been, you know, not everybody might be familiar with that story, although it got national coverage. So Michael Vick, you know, former NFL football star, had dog fighting, which was something culturally that went on in where he grew up and whatnot. And I don't think it was so much of a cultural thing. Uh, I think just, he's, a, I, 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 he's a scumbag. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, well let me just. All right. Let me just make a point. Let me. Okay, let me make ahead. a point. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not like, no. No. I, I'm not defending him. I'm not at all. I, know, I just. I I, what I'm. Where I'm trying to go with this, is to underscore your point that you're saying 47 of these dogs were supposedly too violent from what the way they had been behaving or had been trained to behave or how their behavior had been modified, but. 47 of those dogs ended up being adoptable. That's the big piece that I wanted to say there. Rehabilitated, is that, is yeah. Was able, so the point is, you know, that they're not stuck. So any, this goes back to conversations you and I have about the shelters, both locally and other, other places. Oh, this is a bad dog. Well, no, it isn't a bad dog. It might be a dog that has some bad behavior or bad habits, Charlie, Melissa, that can be resolved, Correct. Right. Absolutely. Correct. And that's what I was saying earlier, Correct. is that most most behavioral issues, as long as someone who comes in and evaluates the dog um, that can properly identify what the issue is, then they can go ahead and work with the dog. And to Charlie's point, it, it's not a training issue. It is behavioral. There's so many times it will take in dogs that it's like, oh, it's an aggressive dog. No, it's not aggressive. You need to understand what the dog is telling you, yeah. you know, and, and where to place that dog, the proper environment to place that dog in. So with Michael Vick's dogs, again, to my point, yeah, those dogs were all, they were rehabbed most likely and i don't know because i haven't statistically looked at them but most likely they were probably not placed they were probably placed in only dog homes because mm. when you're training dogs to kill each other right. Yeah, right. that's really hard to train out of a dog right. Right. Um, yeah. you can work a lot um right. with an animal to to um train them not to be fearful to train them to have more confidence with you know who they are to get rid of some of their fears and some of their behaviors usually it's hard to train out you know when they've been trained to kill all the dogs so but the point is those those dogs are rarely ever people aggressive they tend to be dog aggressive so to okay. that point, but that's opinion, what you know but that's yeah. the knowledge you solve that's, that's what you're solving right. for you're going well right said, they got to be the, right. the alpha in that home they got they got to be the only in the home right and then and that's the yeah. answer versus euthanization if i said the word right it, but, yeah it's, right? and it's proper it's proper right. placement and, and that's right. part of yeah and that's a huge issue is what we see as well is that if you have a certain dog that charlie's going to come in and going to identify it having this behavioral issue we can work with the animal but then just as important as placing the animal in the proper environment because you can't set an animal into a home where they're going to fail right. you know and, and you know and every every home situation is, is that different. what so melissa is that more of so how will you all co collaborate you know your organization is more on the placement side like after charlie or somebody else from her profession comes in and does the behavior. Yeah, we work together. So like with my group, Charlie and I work together. So if we're going to take a dog from a shelter, sometimes depending on what the issue is, I'll see if Charlie and, and one of our colleagues uh, can go in and do an eval on the dog. If we have an owner surrender, they'll tell us what's going on, but we always have to say, hey, Charlie, can you come and do an eval? What do you see going on with this dog? And then we'll work with the dog. We'll bring the dog into foster or we'll place them somewhere where we can monitor the dog as well because an animal's true behavior takes a little bit to show up. Mm -hmm. And then when we place the dog, we'll have an idea. Okay, no kids under 13, um, no no small animals, uh, doesn't get along with other dogs, small dogs, big dogs, uh, is a jumper, you know, we need a 10 foot high fence. Mm -hmm. Everything is to each his own, but it's, it's you need to be really careful because yeah. 
I would say the animals don't ask us to get involved in their lives, but we are. And it's a, it's a huge responsibility in rescue. You cannot take it lightly. Because yes, animals always, always suffer the consequences of, of human stupidity and human cruelty and human greed. Animals are exploited every yep. single day. Yep. 100%. I like this grumblism. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, want to yeah. ask you guys, like, um, is there, let's say, a top five, like, make pretend I'm not uh, local. Well, I'm not. So, so is there like a top five, like, let's say I, I was going to recommend to my friends, like, you guys, uh, you know, this is a true story, too. Um, your dog is showing, you know, major signs of aggression towards other dogs. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because they obviously love their dog. They want to take him everywhere they go. And, you know, if there's another dog around, he'll, he'll lunge and he's growling and barking, you know, so um, what do I tell them? Like, these are the five things that you should be asking or when you're on the hunt for someone who can help modify your dog's behavior. What, what are we looking for? Okay. Right. So the first thing is certified behavior specialist and you want to know where are they certified from what teaching organization and the other thing is what type of uh modification do they use you know i mean like you said words now you said major aggressive dog uh, aggressive dog the first thing i hear in my head when a client says that to me is fear reactivity. So these words that have been thrown around in mm. the dog world, mm. aggressive, mm. dominant, alpha, pack mm. leader, I, I cringe, I cringe. So what we want to find out, so that the next question I would ask is, does your dog have a bite history? Has he bitten other dog or is he just leash reactive some dogs are great with other dogs on uh, off leash but once you put them on the leash they realize they have no escape mm. so now what do they do the best thing that they can do bark growl lunge because what's happened in the past that owner with another dog has walked away so now that that becomes self-reinforcing to a dog i act like this because i'm afraid and ah that other dog left. So it's not always, most of the time we see more reactivity than mm -hmm. true aggression. And aggression is the intent to cause harm or kill. So that's one of the first things that I, I determine if somebody says, I have an aggressive dog. Charlie, I need to call that out really quick. Did you say it's more over okay. activity versus aggressiveness? Is that what the word was? <laughs> Reactivity. 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 Okay. Yeah. Got it. So they'll react to a situation. Talk quick about the intent to bite, because that's true. We, we'll, we'll see it a lot when, oh, my dog bit me and it's a teeth scratch as compared to a chew bite. So why don't you take a check second? And talk no, about what? Let's, let's hold it. Let's tease wait? him. Let, yeah, okay. we're going to tease him, Melissa. We do a little tease. We're going to come back <laughs> and we're going to talk about biting. In the first segment, Valerie was talking about making out. In this segment, we're we'll going to come back. We're going to be talking about biting. Welcome to the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's so professional. host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. 
On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Pals, Professionals, and Animal Lovers Show. You know, I hope you're taking notes at home. I'm taking notes here. Here's what I want to call out. Proper placement. So make sure. I know you got your notes, Heffron. I see it. Proper placement. So when we're placing a dog, we want to make sure based on their behavior that we're placing them properly. It's not training. It's behavior modification. Jot that one down. And then there's conversation around um, aggressiveness versus reacting right or reactiveness if i'm if i'm getting that correctly right. so charlie right. is here the dog chick charlie sorrentino melissa is here from the organization pioneers for animal welfare society let's dive back in i'm intrigued we were going to talk about biting right before we went away so like and melissa i loved how you said it because you know what i might think is a bite is a nick Whereas, you know, a real bite by dog professionals is something totally different. So let's talk about that. Um, well, yes. Um, any behaviorist is generally going to follow an official bite scale that was created by a Dr. Ian Dunbar probably about 20 years ago. And it gives you from stage one to stage six, gives us a general idea by looking at a photo or actually viewing uh, a bite, you know, physically right there, uh, gives us an idea of the intent. The majority of dogs um, and the majority of bites are warning bites. So that can be anything from uh, just a mark or a tooth scrape or a slight one or two puncture. But then, you know, they go to um, uh, a doctor or urgent care they don't always specify, and, and many times we need these in court. I do go into court as a court expert witness on bite cases. So, and and I have to be impartial. I have to read the bite, you know, find out what the story was, how many bites was it, blah blah blah, medical attention, uh, all this, and then I have to determine. And it's sometimes quite upsetting because. I'm generally on the side of the dogs, but, you know, we, we do have a, a whole human population out there, most especially children. And um, so that's where I'm If an adult tells me they got bitten, I'm like, all right, go wash it off. Yeah, if walk kid it gets off. Bitten, that's what I say. That's... Walk it off. Right, Charlie? You go walk it off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right but children are a little closer to home. Yeah. But again, we also have to, we try to um, encourage parents to teach proper behavior from right. the children. Right. Oh, you know, towards 100%. the dogs. We see yeah. a lot of bites with that. And again, thankfully, they're not all serious. Some are. But so we do follow guidelines on assessing a bite. And that generally tells us the intent. If it's a little nip, okay, that's a warning. If they bite down to the gums, that's real serious. Yeah. So then I yeah. kind of would know, all right, so placing this dog somewhere else or working with this, this mm. dog, now, now I have a better understanding of what I'm dealing with. Can this dog be rehabilitated? Is he great with his family? If he is, then we're going to work on um, uh, monitoring I gotta and tell managing you a this dog. I, I got to tell you a story. Like about three or four sure. weeks ago, right here at the local American Legion in my neighborhood, they had a cornhole tournament. You know, like the bean bags. You throw the bean okay. bags in there. Yes. yes. It, was, it was inside the American Legion. And somebody brought this dog that he just rescued. Now, I don't know what that meant to him, but he just got this dog from Alabama. And they were calling the dog Alla or Allie or something like that, right? And, you know, the dog was super wild and, like, jumped up, like, at my face. And sort of, like, I felt, I felt wow. like I felt like a nip on my lip. And I'm like, whoa! Like, holy... So I, I think it's like, 
it's it's an awareness and i'm fine it didn't break skin. it was nothing it was no big deal but but i mean had the, had the dog caught me better i you know would have cut my lip or whatever my point is it's so important and I, and i will give a shout out to my friend regina mendoza who was our buddy who was on the first ever episode of this show having gone out i don't know if you saw it today valerie or anybody else on facebook but she's got the pool out and she's got all the campers out in the pool. Like it's starting to be summertime here in New York. So she's had the campers swimming. Regina did. But, Regina runs a rescue called yeah. Camp, Camp Happy Tales. Camp Happy Tales NYC right. over in Queens. And I remember going through the process with her. And when we were considering adopting one of her campers over there, it was such a stringent process. And she was checking us out. And I, and you know, she had so much to say about explaining the dog. So again, I, I don't know this situation with this dog that I said kind of tried to bite me or whatever. And I don't even know. It was probably just excited. It was probably like, wow, he looks like a cool guy. I should jump up and see him, right? It probably wasn't. But the point is, right. as the owner of the animal, as the fur dad, fur mom, we have a certain responsibility to know what the heck the personality of the, or, or I, do we call them personalities? Is that like, am I being a speciesist? But what the yeah, personality no, of, no, no, the, of the animal is, right? And the temperament. And that's like, if, if I did, if I adopt that dog, I got to know, right? Like, that's my deal, right? Yeah, so I'm going to jump in three yeah. things. I'm yes. going to forget them. A, don't say pet owner, say pet guardian. Pet guardian, okay. Yeah, so owner, because we own furniture, we own a car, we Thank own you. a house. Animals are sentient. All all animals are sentient beings. Um, the term sentient um, means that they're capable of fear, pain, and suffering. Every animal um, is, including snails and shellfish and ants, every animal is considered sentient. So, so and in New York, uh, in many states, animals are considered property, and our laws will never change with animals when we continue to get, treat them as property. So that's why if um, it's a huge issue when you have criminal laws, um, because it's hard to get anyone um, for, for certain uh, penalty levels when yeah. we consider continue to shoot them as property. So I always say guardian. That being said, in your case right there, in your story, um, absolutely, it's the human. So, and it's a rescue group. There, there are a lot of rescue groups out there now that don't do the right thing. They've jumped in, they think this is a good way to make money. So let's just go take a bunch of dogs from the South, which they're getting killed all day long, seven days a week, because there's just so many, because spay and neuter is not a big thing down there. Um, and let's take these dogs, let's bring them up here, let's further exploit them, let's not do any background checks, any home checks, any vet checks, let's just dump them with the family, some of them don't even sterilize them anymore, let's give them no background on the dog, let's not do an eval, let's not understand the Chapman test, and then just, you know, good luck. So uh -huh. once again, the animal's exploited, so I'm not saying that's what happened with Europe with this dog, right. Right. But I do know that um, depending on when this dog was rescued, you, it, you don't put a dog in that type of situation. Exactly. You don't, you That's don't exactly what I'm thinking. You don't know yeah. who the dog, and who knows? It could have been a month before, two months, could have been a happy dog. I don't know the situation, but 99.99% of the times, it's the human. It's not yeah. the animal. The yeah. dog yeah. didn't didn't really do a, make a mistake. Yeah. The, the human yeah. guardian right. needs to know their animal and what environment they're placing them in. So usually, so in a case like you, the dog jumps up. I cannot tell you how many times people would just think that's a great idea, let's sue. So now all of a sudden yeah, sure. we've got the dog that's gonna, and depending on what town it is, it's an issue. Charlie and I have worked in these cases before. Um, it's not fair, and I'm not gonna go into a huge discussion on it, but um, dangerous dog hearings are, are serious. Um, they happen way too frequently. A lot of times it's, it, it doesn't work out well for the dog. The easiest sure. thing to do is to class yeah. them a dangerous dog. Yeah. God forbid they have a second bite that's just not a big deal. Then they've got marks on them. Um, yeah. Many people sue and they don't realize the repercussions of what that means for that dog. And then the guardian, the family, they can't afford a lawyer or attorneys. What do they do? They just either euthanize the dog or they bring them to a shelter. What did the dog do wrong? Yeah. The dog right. was excited. He jumped on you. You yeah. sued. Yeah. Uh, so it's the animal always suffers. I'll leave it yeah. at that. The humans are the ones that that really tend to make the mistake. It, it's organization. It's organizations. It's like organizations like yours, Melissa. It's organizations like Regina's. It's professionals like Charlie and advocates like Valerie I that are pointing these things out to say this yeah. is what we need to be aware of. Right. It's not a. Well, 
you know, to go get a dog at a, at, at one of these distribution centers for puppy mills, I'm not even going to, you know, our, our friend Brian taught me that. We're not even calling them pet stores. But to go get a dog at one of those places or even a rescue that that you've not, you as the the pet guardian have not been properly vetted, it's 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 a recipe for for problems right out of the gate. So it's, yes. right? So it's organized. No, this is what we're trying to do. Now I'm pissed off, well, Valerie. I, I'm right. pissed and off about this. Now. I need to jump in on this conversation because it's very timely. And uh, one of the things that I want to bring out is, um, and, and it's funny because the people who run reputable rescues, they always say this, and it's very true. There needs to be regulation for the rescues. You know, right now, I can start a rescue tomorrow. All I need is a 501C. I don't have to do home visits. I don't have to do what Regina does and make you give a virtual tour of your home where she's telling you, you need a best fence in your backyard. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, there's no standards. And the good news is that uh, I actually just got a message earlier today from this gentleman who's running for Congress uh, in Long Island. He's running for one of the seats and he messaged me and said, you know, um, I want to sit down and understand what I can propose if I win and what we can do for the animals. So this is exciting stuff to me because it shows that if you flare the horn and you do everything you can to get these messages out there, you know, over time, things do change. Look at what just happened in New York with the property. Um, Melissa, you mentioned how animals are treated like property. In the state of New York, they just recently changed um, the divorce, the the way that they handle uh, pets and animals through divorce proceeding, they're no longer treated like properties. That's a big deal. They're treating them more like children. Just and interest of the child standard is what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, it's that's huge. Standard. That's a huge win. They used to just be like, either figure it out or we're going to sell your dog. And you guys can split the money. I <laughs> do, yeah, so, but what do you, I mean, to compare it to people who might not, who either have human children or don't, you know, to like people who are pet guardians, that's part of your family. That is not a couch. Yes. We're not going to whack it up, like sell the couch for 200 bucks and whack up the money. That's that's part of the family. A lot of things with animals is common sense. So when it comes down to what you're talking to Charlie about sending your dog to board and train, like you'd made the comment before, would you send your child someplace without doing any no, background check on the person? Would you look? So it's common sense, common sense with you know, when you do rescue a dog, look and see, you know, what kind of group it is, what kind of track record they have. Um, we see it all the time in our rescue group, you know, people that are saying, oh, I just adopted a, a dog and can I have a low cost bay neuter certificate? Well, the first thing I say is, well, where'd you adopt your dog from that they gave you an unsterilized right. animal? So right. You know what, Melissa, right. I, unfortunately, I've realized over time that common sense is really not that common. It's not. So, it's really not existent. Charlie and I always say, you know, and I've always said it, we, we need to have a, what a, 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 you just mentioned, an a, a entity, an organization um, that's going to be on top of these rescue groups and yeah. that need to adhere to certain standards. Uh, even with and, and COVID really hit a lot because a lot of people jump in sort of another fantastic way to exploit animals. Um, and yeah. it, it's bad. And there's some groups know the bad groups that are out there. But again, yeah. yes. people are like, oh, I just adopted this dog. Really? Because it's got heartworm. It's sick. It's not sterile. <laughs> you yeah, just dumped I, it off of a truck and move a park a lot. What were you thinking? I, I want to, we're going to go to break in a second here, but I, I want to just make one point because you guys, the three of you are all in the know. And I'm starting to become in the know. But I will tell you, as, as some of our listeners who are not in the know or just coming into this world, I always, from the beginning, I've played this sort of role and position in our conversation that I don't get it. I want to learn that whole thing, which I'm still playing. But I want to tell you, even in my experience, shout out again to Regina, in that process that we went through, I didn't know that, you know, a dog had to be spayed and, and or neutered before you take it off the, not had to, but should be. I didn't know that they should be chipped, you know, so they could be found if they go missing. So I, again, you know what it is sometimes in a paradigm, like you look around and you know everything, like there's yeah. a lot of, because you're in it. And I don't mean no judgment. It's more so just me recognizing that 
I didn't know this stuff and I'm learning about it. So I think Valley, when you call it common sense, I don't know that it is necessarily for regular folks who are not like- Well, no, what, so she's talking, what, she, was, yeah, what she was referencing was, would, I mean, especially, especially animals, they don't have a voice. So of course I would never, I don't board my dog to go on vacation. Right, right. I'm not doing that. it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what she was referencing with common Got sense. It. But to yeah. your point, Tommy, 100 percent this is the issue for for this if if, let's say and these are good-hearted people you have to realize we commend adoptions we're huge you know proponents of adopt don't shop right so when someone says you know what i want to rescue i want to adopt an animal and you can't fault them if if they don't know but they might google like uh rescues near me or something like that and then if you think about how google works the person who's paying the most can get yeah. the highest ranking. And the next thing you know, you're on their website and you fall in love. In. You fall yeah. in love with an animal and then right. you then that's it. And you don't know how the standards are of the rescue. 100%. So it's a problem. Right. It's a but problem, but we're working on it. We do need to, <laughs> we do need to go to a quick break. And yeah. when we come back, uh, Melissa, I want you to share a little bit about the organization uh, pause and what you really like what how people can help how people can get involved. Let's talk about that when we come back. I do have to make a shout out to one of our dear friends who's mm-hmm. checking in on Facebook. Tanya Dival rhymes with Bible Yay! from Joey's Paw. So thank you for your friendship. Thanks for being a guest in the past. Mwah. Thanks for always And we will be right back. We'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll talk more about pause. Definitely. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. gentlemen welcome back to pals in the house we got the radio i was gonna say the radio chick the radio chick used to be a, a radio show and i was thinking of that <laughs> coming up the stairs before charlie in the house we got how funny is that tommy how your brain works uh the dog chick and we got pause and the show is called pals how funny is that what i said um all right so let's get right back into it but before we hear about pause which is pioneers for animal welfare society and a great program which they have over there that i really want to ask uh melissa about i got a text from my partner in this particular endeavor who said i need to read something when we get back from break and that happens to be valerie so valerie take uh, away. uh okay so uh so i i want to make this additional point um because you're talking about that that guy who uh adopted a dog and brought it to the american legion and adoptions are definitely on the rise that's a good thing but one of the things that i also have a major concern over and charlie and i have talked about this is that there's a lot of shelters municipal shelters taxpayer funded shelters who don't hire based on merit okay and it's horrible because what happens the animals don't get what they need and deserve. 
and the taxpayers suffer because they're paying for it. And things like bike cases and surrenders are, are increased and it, everyone loses. So Charlie was an applicant for a municipal shelter to become one of their much needed uh, behavior consultant, I believe was the title of it. And Correct. she, it was, it was so unprofessional how, this is Town Hampstead, how they handled it. They didn't even give her the courtesy of calling her or emailing her to let her know that she in fact was passed over. Now, uh, aside from that, she found out from a Facebook post but she wrote this letter, which was read into record at, at uh, the town of Hempstead meeting. And I just want to read a quick blurb from it. The person, the person who was chosen, I'll leave the name out of it. Uh, this person received her CPDTKA title just in time for the applications to be submitted. You cannot compare her 300 hours of required hands-on experience in order to sit for the exam to my four, thir, excuse me, 30 years of actual working experience and my 24 hours of schooling of which I continue in order to remain educated on the most current and up-to-date scientific findings regarding behavior and training for dogs. What I cannot understand is how there was even a choice to be made. I am a 30-year veteran in the dog world. I hold several of the most prestigious certifications. I have worked with many of the rescue organizations located right here on Long Island and throughout the country. I'm certified and experienced in all aspects of dog training and most importantly, in behavior and behavior modification. I wanna make this clear. Five years later, we are still feeling this the loss and and the effects of this horrific hiring decision and i for one am still furious about it and the worst part about it as if you don't care about animals but you're a taxpayer you should care about this right. okay charlie sorrentino's bid was for 40 dollars an hour they awarded the least qualified inexperienced person for 60 dollars an hour you tell me where that happens and how that makes sense. So I, I live on this island and that's tragic and that's a terrible story. And those are dollars that are taken out of my <laughs> my dollars to, to for my family mm -hmm. and to put somebody who's inexperienced or, or that does not have. And I'm looking, as you're reading that, I have Charlie's <laughs> resume right here. You know, the years of certified canine behaviorist, certified professional dog trainer, diploma of canine behavior studies, ba 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 ba, and on and on and on and on and on. That's an incredible loss. And all I've been listening to, not all, but a lot of what I listened to from Valerie, and even coming up with the idea to do this show, was the tragedy of how these animals are treated in that particular shelter here in this particular county. So, Charlie, you, we're going to run out of time, and I don't want to do that. I want to give Melissa a shot to talk about SWAP and some of the other programs at her organization, but do you have a quick response? You want to talk about that, what Valerie just read? Uh, well, unfortunately, that's not the only shelter. It's pretty much all the municipal shelters and the fact that they, even though they have the budget, you know, and I've tried to express this to, to several uh, shelters, have a behavior specialist, have one or two trainers, and then bring the volunteers in. This is how we're going to get the job done with mm. a team of people. You can't leave it up to one person. You have to have one person in charge of it. But this is what, with all the thousands and thousands of dollars that the town gives these shelters to run, they really need to have a specific behavior training program like i said they, just not yeah. one and they should two hire people. and they should hire them based on merit it's a five and a half million dollar shelter four yes. point three eight million goes to payroll they should hire the person at right. the top and i agree with you it's not a one person job it is a team right that said that person at the top needs to be hired based on their qualifications and merit mm -hmm. Well, the shelter should, should hire, it should never be, anyone that works at the shelter should be hired because of qualification across the board, yes. not political appointees, Correct. any shelter, and that's just not here, that, that's most places, so um, at the end of the day, and it is a team, and, and running a rescue group, um, and, and working with Charlie, we all need to work together, so whether it's Charlie and I, or it's us and the veterinarians, or it's us working together with the shelters, 
what we can do as a rescue group, and we all do it for free, you know, like we're all not for profit, we're all volunteers. What we can do working collaboratively with our shelters, whether it's helping the dogs, the community cats, which is a huge issue, community cats out in Long Island. Um, if we can work collaboratively, it would make so much easier. And, and the win with it would be the animals. You know, um, you know Valerie, I, yeah. we gotta, I, I want you to jump in, Melissa, again, because I want you to tell us about the yeah. org, but I need to do it in 60 seconds. But Val, I'm yeah. hearing the word coalition in my mind. I'll talk to you about it later. I have an idea. I always have ideas. Melissa, give me the skinny on the organization. Yeah, so Paul, yep, PAWS has been around for close to 50 years on Long Island. It's one of the, it is the oldest group. We're an animal welfare group. We have seven programs. Uh, we have an adoption program, a, a TNR program, which is for community cats, a low-cost bay neuter program, a financial assistance program, a humane education program, a public outreach program, where we bring people in like Charlie, and we do lectures at local libraries to educate people on basic issues, uh, animal-related issues, and then we have a, a SWAP program, which is Seniors with Animals Project, and that's where we help senior citizens take care of their pets. Um, senior citizens, uh, often all they have is their pets. Um, sometimes they need a little bit of help getting around. They can no longer walk the dog, get the animal to the vet. Our, uh, our volunteers are all uh, FBI background checked. We go into the homes. We do everything we can to make sure that pet stays with the senior. So we walk dogs. We change kitty litter. We bring them to the vet. We pay for the vet bills. We buy the food. We bring in Charlie to help work with the animal. If the senior can't get the dog out anymore, we'll have Charlie come in and help teach the dog how to use the wee-wee pad. If the dog talk. now is, huh? We need to talk about so I got it. We got to leave it there. But for, if you want more information, you're going to go to pause-li.org. I'm thinking you should probably come on my other show. You and me, Melissa, we we'll talk about this stuff for an hour. We'll so we'll do that in the summertime. But, what, but another quick thing is you. Um, how old does somebody have to be to work in that swap program? As long as you can drive. And a lot of times we'll have mothers that will drive the, the kids. I'm asking if I could bring one of my children because one of my one of my sons is crazy for dogs and I'd love to get him involved if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We can talk. We always need volunteers. We also just need volunteers to do animal transport, food transport, picking up animals, food, dogs. We need admin help. Listen, right. running a volunteer group is like running a corporation, but we all do it for free. Yeah, I told again, that's my fosters. Fosters. Yeah, we need fosters, absolutely. Fosters. All right. Always talk about it. Life. Share more information. We'll share it on Facebook. I shared all your guys' information on Facebook. We do have to leave it here because we're at the end hey, of the really quick. Go ahead, five months, five Go months ahead. from today is our first annual, our inaugural uh, Compassion Awards event where we're going to be giving out awards to people in, in this space. And uh, it's going to be awesome and awesome. And awesome. everybody should be there. <laughs> October 11, 2022. It is exactly five months from today. Yes. Out on Long Island. Charlie Sorrentino, the dog chick. Thanks for being here. Melissa, thanks for being here. We appreciate you. you both. I must leave you now with this last quote, and then we will just fade to black and see you next week. This is from Mahatma Gandhi, and it goes, the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Treat all the animals in your life, the human ones and the animal ones, well. See you guys. Yay, Gandhi. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. 
uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 